Okay, good evening, everybody. Uh, I wanted to, once again, thank Hindel and Mendy Jesselson on sponsoring this evening's Sheer in memory of Mendy's father, Eliezer ben Rav Mordechai Yaakov Halevi, Zichron Levracha, on his 42nd year. said his neshama should have a neshama, have an aliyah. Okay, so Rabbi Fronach told me that uh, we're in the midst of learning the sugya of the halachos of Natilas Yadayim. And so the uh, topic that uh, this Michas Chavir program is up to is the question about when to recite the bracha of Al-Natilas Yadayim. So there is a very famous halachic concept in which this whole sugya launches, and that's from a Gemara M'sachim, Zayin, source number one, to Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, kol ha-mitzvos mevarach alayin, over la'asiyasim. What's over la'asiyasim mean? As you do it. So the Gemara translates over la'asiyasim as? Immediately prior. To one's doing it. So what examples do we have of that? Like that come to mind? Where do we make a bracha? Like a birkas a mitzvah. The bracha before you do a mitzvah. So you have to make the bracha first. Yeah, anytime. anytime. So like what? Well, no, no. So I'm talking about birkas a mitzvah here. Not you. That's a birkas a nen. The birkas a nen and you make the bracha. But that's a whole different sukya. How Being a birkas a mitzvah. Bracha and the performance of a mitzvah. You should do it immediately prior to the mitzvah. Example. Mezuzah. Right? Likvoa mezuzah, and then you, you put it on. Talist, fill in. Good, right? Good. You leave that tefbat, and then you put it on, right? Exactly. Chanukah, menorah, right? Lahadlik ner, etc. All those things are all over Las Yasan. Morty, you, would you. you oh, See, so you're a sukkah guy, right? But you said something strange. You said esrog. So that's a little bit complicated, right? That, that that's one of the, that's a sugya that over liyasiyasan. Oh, so what's the mitzvah, right? This is just again, we're just in hakdama right now, just the introduction of it over liyasiyasan. So it happens to be that suk, like lulav and esrog dalad minim is a strange example of over liyasiyasan. What's the mitzvah of dalad minim? To take it, right? It's the netila, it's the taking of the dalad minim. So there's a problem with over liyasiyasan. Problem is there is is that yeah exactly so 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 how how do you manage it so the famous example that uh, that we that most of us do is that you flip the esrog upside down what does that accomplish since it's not derek gidiluson right since it's not you're not taking it the way it grows off the branch it's not an actual kiyama mitzvah yet of nitila. But right before, right, right before you make the bracha, you make the birkas and mitzvah. You say, "I'll right." So, so, yes, and then you flip it over, and then you, and then you perform the mitzvah. Oh, great! So the whole so give it that good. Our topic right now is not exactly which way is up and which way is down, and the pit and the whole thing. Good. But the, you understand the concept. The concept right now is is that one of the ways to try to perform over liasiyasan, even by dalminim, in which. There is a logistical problem in the way to that to, to the the kiyum of doing the over liasiyaton, making the birkas and mitzvah immediately prior. Is you flip it upside down? That's, the, that's not the only halachic solution, right? There's a famous tosvos that suggests that maybe you could do it by not having the kavana. If you say mitzvah shrichos kavana, that you need kavana to fulfill the mitzvah, then maybe if you have kavana that I'm not going to fulfill the mitzvah, I could just hold it normally and say I'm not fulfilling the mitzvah yet. Make the birk the bracha, the birkas, the mitzvah, and then do it. Okay, so that's another way of doing it, but the point is that even there, we try very hard to do over le'asiyasan, to do the bracha, and then the mitzvah. We're all familiar with this. This is standard practice. However, we're also all familiar with how we make the bracha of netilas yadayim, right? And how is that? You wash, and then you make the bracha. So take a look at source number two, the Torah. You don't make the bracha until after doing the netilah. 
And that poses a problem. And Ask the Torah, I don't understand. We always make brachas before. You should make the bracha before you do the washing. So why don't we? <laughs> You're right in front of the sink. You said a lot of things right there. So that might be actually two different... So there's really... A, a large part of tonight's year is going to be offering an analysis of two different explanations for why Mitilas Yadayim seems to violate the general halachic protocol by brachos of overly asiyasan. So look at what the Torah says in the underlined part in source number two. Shepamim ein yadav nikios. What does that mean? Not clean. Not clean. kodem. You can't make the bracha with unclean hands. Hilkach tiknu shila olam yivarech acherkach. So there's a technical reason. He's bringing up a good point. Does it mean Who's clean? Who's Yeah. David. Yeah. Does yeah. it mean clean... Tumma, or does it mean like dirty? Clean? So it sounds like, so, so that's a good question. Take a look at the Rush who the Torah is quoting in source number three. Let's look at the underlying part first. And you tell me what you think. Right, the Rush is pointing out that we make the bracha after we do the natila, after the washing. Lefi. Now, his, his explanation is the expanded version of what the Torah quotes. He says, what's the reason? Lefi shebabokir. Right? There's another netila sedaim. I don't think Smichas covered the other netila sedaim. The negavaser in the morning. There's that netila sedaim. And lefi shebabokir kishi yodav miluch lachos. They're dirty. Right? Why are they dirty? That in and of itself is a machlokis. Are they spiritually or are they physically? You touch, whatever. Your hands, okay, fine, both. Right? But because your hands are sullied, when you wake up in the morning, you don't have full control over your hands while you're sleeping. You don't know what's going on, right? Okay, you've touched parts that you might not... Okay, fine, whatever. So when you do negavasar in the morning, when you do netila sedaim in the morning, you can't make the bracha with such sullied hands. So you first do the washing, and then you make the bracha immediately thereafter. Because of that, so therefore, when you wash and do the netila sedaim before bread, you have to be consistent. We call that in halacha a low plug. You make a general rule. Since there's this technical problem of your hands being dirty in the morning. Now again, it could be that your hands get dirty also in the afternoon. Before bread, your hands might also be dirty. But ah, let's say you investigate your hands. According to the rush, we're going to see different views tonight. But according to this rush that the Torah quotes, you see that your hands are perfectly, let's say they're dirty in the afternoon and you want to wash, you want to have a bag, whatever, you want to have pizza in the afternoon for lunch. They're dirty. You can't make the bracha on the tila sedaim until you first wash your hands. Let's say they're totally clean. What would the rush say? You still, you still don't because low plug. It's a general rule. Even if your hands are perfectly clean, you still have to wash them before because you have to do that in the morning. And it might turn out that in the afternoon your hands get dirty because hands get dirty when you wake up in the morning. And then even as you go about your every day, first you do the washing and then you do it. Yeah. Is there any validity uh, when you say, when you wash your hands and say on the Shabbos, when you're sitting at the Shabbos table, you wait for the wife to come to the place and say, how about Can you wait until you say the bracha and talk in the... Oh, so that, if we have time tonight... We're going to cover that. That's the next section. First, we're going to examine when you make the bracha, and then we're going to talk about the talking situation. I have it on the source sheets. Either we'll get to it tonight, or Rabbi Freundlich will get back to that next week. I think he's talking about physical dirtiness. 
Physical? Yeah. He's touching, yeah. I do. I think that's what he's talking about. Okay. This low plug thing, by the way, so the rush, I, I skipped this, the, first, the, le, the not underlined part of the rush in source number three, he gives another similar example of a low plug, which is, I think, just interesting and worth just dwelling on for a moment before we keep going. He talks about another over le'asiyasan problem. We've now talked about two. We did an introduction to the Dalit Minim and that problem of over le'asiyasan and the flipping of the esrog with the negative kavana. Our subject of Natila Yadayim and that problem, our hands are dirty. How can you make the bracha before? You have to wait till after they're clean. Another overly asiyasan problem that the rush here ties together is when should a convert make the bracha on his tefillah, on his immersion in a mikvah? Before or after? Why? Yeah, I said overly asiyasan, but he's not Jewish. Usually you should make the bracha before the tefillah, but he's not yet Jewish. You can't make the bracha before. You have to do it after. <laughs> the plug, the plug, okay. So, so, so you have to, so the ger has to, the convert has to make the bracha on the tefillah after. So then that's the question. What about a woman going to a mikvah? She makes it beforehand. She makes it beforehand. Is that before? Is it after? I did, by the way, I did, I did ask. I did ask. Okay. So take a look at Shulchan Aruch. What happens? What's the, what, what's the halacha by women going to a mikvah? So look at look, source number four. Shulchan Aruch. Kishe poshetes milibushah. When she undresses. Kishe omedes pachaluka. Tevarach hashikas yomotav tevanu ala tefillah. First, right? So, so first she makes the bracha. And then she dips. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. But I'm saying, but I'm saying. Right, right. So, so I'm saying at this point right there. When should, she, when should the woman do it? Over the asiyasan. Meaning, not the way a ger does it. She should do it the way halachic protocol normally is, which is first the bracha, and then you do the mitzvah. Over, that's, how the, that's how the shulchan aruch passes so far. Now, the im lo bercha, as Meaning, she didn't fully immerse yet. She should submerge herself up until her neck before she does the complete tefillah, before she completes the mitzvah. Again, it's still over the asiyasan. Because women do it in the mitzvah because... They're not dressed. So you just... I'm saying so. That's why he first says do it while she's still covered. Then if she didn't do it then, she should cover herself in the water and make the bracha before she does it. It's still over liyasiyasan according to it, which is our... That's the, that's the general protocol. No, you can make a bracha when you're... Tme- yeah, that's, that's the shulchan arach. However, so, so that's what the, that, the Shulchan Arach does, the general rule that you would expect with every other mitzvah. You do the bracha, then the mitzvah. The woman makes the bracha and the tefillah, and the only, and the, the, the ger can't do it that way for the reasons that we said before, because he's not Jewish yet. However, the Ramah says, And the Ramah says, no, she should do the bracha after she at least immerses, at least once. At least once. First do the mitzvah, violate overly asiyasan. Why would she do that? Why would it not be overly asiyasan? So that rush in source number three says it's the same low plug, right? Because a ger can't make the bracha before the tefillah, before he has to do it after. Let's be consistent, Rabosai. Let's be consistent. Low plug, general rule. Just like a ger does it afterwards, so to a woman, she do it afterwards. That's the ramashita against the mechaber who takes the yeah. default position. Says the rush, that should be the same idea with... No, he can't. Can't go the other way around. But, but, but that's the norm. Can't. The norm doesn't, matter. doesn't matter. You can't low plug it. It does. He, he can't do the bracha. Exactly. 
Okay, so that's the rush. So that's the rush. So that's one answer. One answer is, I told you that we have two. One answer, the reason why you have to you violate the general protocol of overly asiyasim by Nathil Sadaim is because of a technical reason. The technical reason being, your hands often get dirty. We make a general rule, whether your hands are clean or not, you still have to wait till afterwards. But the rush gives another explanation. I don't know. I wasn't here a couple weeks ago. The first one, the first one. That's why we do it always. So because assuming that it's not clean to make right. it clean the first time. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why so we I'm do saying, double. So I'm saying the first one is for physical dirt, right? It's one so explanation. I'm one idea might be to do it in between. You wash once, say you have Oh, we'll get there. We're going to get there. Good. We'll get there. Good. Barash Akivanta. We're going to look there. We're going to get there. Good. Very good. Second explanation of the rush. Still in source number three. The, it's uh, three lines from the bottom. It's not underlined quite yet, but it's going to be the last underline in source three. The Odyesh Ta'am. Kevan de Mavarech Kodem Nigov. Gamzu Mitzvah Snitila. Very different answer. What's his answer there? Anyone catch it? What does that mean? Yeah, actually, second explanation is that it's not actually a violation of overly asiyasan exactly. Because you didn't actually complete the mitzvah yet. What's the mitzvah of Natila Sidayim? Not just the washing, but also the drying. And since you haven't yet done the drying yet, you can make the bracha after the wash. You can't do it before the wash for those reasons, but you're still doing overly asiyasan because you haven't yet done the drying. That's the second explanation of the rush. Now, source number five. Let's move. The Beis Yosef, Rav Yosef Karo, author of the Shulchan Aruch. The Beis Yosef says, he, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like this at all. Ken Kasva Tosos Yerush. Beis Yosef, Rav Yosef Karo, he knows what the rush says. I don't understand. The rush isn't telling you what you should do. He's trying to explain post facto this prevalent minhag. Why it's become this, this custom for everyone to make the bracha on the tilas yadayim after they do the washing. But really? Really? I don't know, he says. I don't know. Really? Really? Really, you should make the bracha before. Kid the kaimalan nikos. The gemara kolam mitzvahs mevarachaleim kodim liasiyasan. Yeah, so the rush has to kvetch, and the rush has to explain why people do it afterwards. But really, over liasiyasan should be. You should make the bracha before. It might be, but you should always make the bracha at the beginning of the process. And now take a look at what the Shulchan Aruch says. Source number six. This is the cliff notes of the Beis Yosef. Mivarech kodem netila. Anyone do this? Does anyone make the bracha al netila sedayim before you wash? Because, do you? And Rav Shechter does. Rav Shechter does. Based on this Shulchan Aruch. Based on this Beis Yosef. Rav Shechter does. Exactly right. He does exactly what the Shulchan Aruch says. Mivarech kodem netila. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. That's what he does. Shekola mitzvah mevarach alein overly asiyasan. We know the halacha. You always do the bracha before. It's, it's amazing. Now, vin nahagu shelo levarach adachinatil. Again, it's not like Rav Yosef Kar. Shulchan Aruch is aware that no one else does this. He says, I understand this other minog, and he explains it. 
So now, what, what, what does he say? I mean, source number six. Their hands aren't clean. So this is interesting. And this goes back to your point. How does the Shulchan Aruch understand it? You, again, ideally, or it seems like, at least in a vacuum, he would first make the bracha and then wash. But he says that there's a minog not to do that. So you first wash your hands. So you first wash your hands one time. That's the minog, he says. So at least you get rid of any schmutz on your hands. And now, kvar yod of nikios. And now you make the bracha, kodim And then before you do a second wash, that's when you do it. So he tries to explain the minog in that way. You hear? After both hands are cleaned, the first time you do it, so you do wash, wash your hands one time, make the bracha. This is his minhag. Again, ideally, in the way Rav Shachter does it, ideally, he thinks if your hands are clean, no problem. Your hands are clean already, make the bracha over the Asiyasan, on the Tila Sedayim, wash. Oh, so good. We're going to talk about that too. So the, Ramba, so, so the Shulchan Aruch says here, there are, the, there are these minog that people want to first wash their hands to get rid of the schmutz. So you get rid of the schmutz one time. Then you make the bracha, and then you do another netila. Good. That's what he says. Now the Ramah. That's what he's saying. That's what he's doing. That's what, but you're saying like... Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, like, but again, he, he's washing it. You do the first wash, you get rid of the schmutz. I don't know, I don't know. He's not talking about soap. Right? There's no hands in There's no, I don't know. He doesn't, there's no mention of that. Now, this is interesting. Now, the Ramah says, by the, by the way, does anyone do that? That minhag of the Shulchan Aruch, does anyone do a wash? Then make the bracha and then wash some more? No, makes sense. Makes sense. You hear it. Once you understand the sogia. The whole point of the first one is the third. Answer. So now, look at the, look at the Ramah. The Ramah says, you could, you could even wait till you finish doing all the washings. You can get rid of the dirt. You could do more of the ritual, as I heard you said, the, the ritual stuff as, as well. Because, Shegama Nigov Mina Mitzvah. Since the drying is part of the mitzvah of Netila, you're still hopping the overly asiyasan a little bit. Are you still getting it? So doing the mitzvah, in the, in the process of doing a mitzvah, is considered overly asiyasan? That's exactly what the Ramah says. Umikre over la asiyasan. So let me ask you, no, I'm going to ask you a different question. I'm going to ask you a different question first. And the Mishabura asks a different question. Wait a second. If the Mechaber writes that you can do it in the midst of your washing, wash once for cleanliness, then do over Liyasiyasin, and then the Ramah's like, eh, you could even wait till, and the Minog is to even wait till you finish doing all the washings, all the times you wash, then do the bracha, and then Nunatila. He's like, how, how far can we push this bracha off? What about, like, how far can we go? Because the Mishabur is like, why are you allowed to wait? Like, till, like, why can't, after your hands are clean, go immediately to the bracha and wash some more? Like, why are you allowed to wait till afterwards? He's like, once you pushed it off once, you could keep going. Once you're idache, idache. Once you've pushed it, you've pushed it. It's okay. You can keep going. So how far can you go? Well, how far can you go? Maybe still the whole point of the drying. Is that it's still... The drying, what's left. 
Right. But I'm saying... Right. So take a look in source number seven. Yeah. Let's say you walk, but let's say you dried your hands. Well, let's say you dry your hands. Can you make a bracha? So that's what the Mishnah Berurah in source number seven says. No. It says there. No, wait. Couldn't do it before, so you're allowed to push it off. You can't make the bracha until you die. Once you've already eaten, you can't go. So you could push it off, you could push it off, you could push it off. Even post drying, it seems like you can make the bracha. Tom, we got to get to the talking. We're not up to talking yet. Hopefully, we'll get to talking. Wait, would, would, would the Ramah throughout the wall, uh, you know, brachos, the whole likeness? I mean, why is this? You wait till the end. I mean, you're putting up a market. No, you're putting up a market. They tell you to make a bracha at the end. Well, the last, you know, nail in the coffin, basically. Again, again, I think part of the sugya here, part of what's going, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. I'll talk. I haven't seen, I haven't, I haven't. You should have been analyzed. That was last week. That was last week. That was last week. You covered that? Yeah, water, water. The water. Usually, usually what they say is that the first water is, the reason you do a second wash after you do, you immerse your hands the first time, the first one, because now your hands are wet and the wetness is part of what is, the the water on your hands the first time is still now unclean, so that's why you need to do a second wash. But I didn't know about the drying. That I haven't heard. Could be. I haven't seen that. Look at what the Bira Lacha says in source number eight. If someone wants to make the bracha before you even wash your hands, if your hands are clean, you're allowed to. Hands from Shachter. If your hands are clean, you're good to go. That's it. Yeah, it's interesting. Because I think his, his reluctance is because no one does it. Everyone understands the minog. That's what exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you have to wash the second to get that first water off. That that was exactly what I was trying to say before. So we're going to get to the status of drying. You guys are you're you're, you're again you're slightly ahead of me, but we're going to talk about the status. Of what's the purpose of the drying? We have to get there. We're going to get there. What is the purpose of the drying? Okay, so the bare halacha thinks that really, if your hands are clean, you could do it. And that, okay, that's what he says. However, that is not our minog today. Even, even the Sfardim, where this is Rav Yosef Karu is saying that you should, if your hands are clean. You look at Rav Avadi Yosef in source number nine, quoted in Yankut Yosef, Lachin Minagenu, source number nine. Even Sfardim, Lachin Minagenu, Pashut Levarach Alanatila Kodem Hanigov. Right, you make the bracha, you make the bracha after you do the washing. Even Svardim. The way we do it. The way we, all of us do it before. And that's, that's, that's halacha l'masa. 
Ashkenazim, Sephardim, even though there are Yechidim that want to follow this, if your hands are clean, you can make the bracha before. We violate overly Asiyasan in that sense that like you first do the washing. You don't interrupt in the midst of your washing, make the bracha. You completely finish your hand washing, make the bracha, and then you do the drying. Now, what's the status of the drying? Okay. So take a look at the Gemara in Sota, source number 10. Anyone that eats bread without drying your hands, it's like you're eating tummy bread, quotes the Pasuk. What's up with that? What does that mean? It's like water. eating tummy bread? Water is one of the seven liquids. It's Masha of the Kabbatum. So even if your hands might touch something, uh, that will bring on Tum. So until you dry them, so that's one explanation. That's what the Mishnah Bura quotes the Beis Yosef in source number 12 is saying. That first water that's on your hands, or it's Tameim. And that water now becomes Tameh because the hands are Tameh and they're impure. And so you now you need Shofich. And now you need that. And even though that's true, so what do you need to dry? So now why do you need to hand your... Even though the second water, right, your hands are dirty. The first water gets rid of the dirt. But the water on your hands is still dirty from the contact with the dirt or the tumma on your hands. Either way. So what do you have to do? You wash it a second time. That's the purpose of it, to get rid of even the dirty water or the tummy water. So you don't actually need to dry it. But says the Beis Yosef, as quoted by the Mishnah Brura, that still, to really get rid of all the water, you can't rely on the second water on your hand, watering of your hands, you should dry it. And the drying is to get rid of all of the tumah on your hands. You need to do it. So that's one explanation for the status of the drying. Get rid of all the tumah. The second, the second time you wash your hands is not enough. The drying gets rid of everything. I think that's what you were quoting, right? I think. Rashi says something very different. Rashi says, why do you need to dry? A totally different understanding of what tummy means. He thinks tummy is... I don't know what's the word, English word I'm looking for. It's, it's, it's metaphorical. It's allegorical. It doesn't mean tumma. It's like tumma. It's just disgusting to eat bread with wet hands and to eat watery, wet, moist bread. So don't do it. That's another. That's, that's how Rashi explains what drying is all about. Either way. Either way, what do you think, and this is in the next source, on the top of page four, the Chut Sheni. What do you think? Do you need to dry your hands with the Tila Sedayim with a towel? Based on these two, as opposed to air drying. Or using one of those things in the bathroom, those air things. Or just letting it go, or just doing that and just waiting for it. Do you actually, does the Tila Sedayim require a towel? Yes. Why? Uh-huh. So I think the worry here is that it's about what's the concern? Let's see. see I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back. It's not about the dirt on your hands anymore. It's about any water that came in, the wetness that came in contact with the dirt on your hands. And it's now the water as the carrier of tumma, let's say. So now let's say the water evaporates. We're no longer concerned. We'd be what? Better electric dryer. Great, anything. 
Meaning, as long as the wall. No, not on Shabbos. Okay, you, by the way, you, you know there's the Tila Sidaim not on Shabbos too, right? So, yeah, yeah, no, so, I, so I, I don't know if it's better, but as long as there's no. Paper towel. Yeah, like, what's the sheer? How many droplets? You know, like, how are we going to... Yeah. Uh, so I haven't seen a discussion on that. I have not seen a discussion on that. But here, here the Chut says that, I, I don't care which svar you want to give. Is it gr- By the way, it's clearly obvious. If it's about making, like, eating disgusting wet bread, then again, if it evaporates and your hands are dry, great. If it's about getting rid of any sullied water on your hands, it's also great. Either way. But here is a nafkamino that's brought down. Source number 14. Let's say, I guess, a little bit of a far-fetched case. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know. I don't understand the reality behind here. But let's say, hamatbil yadov. Let's say you want to wash your hands, but you wash your hands in a mikvah. You use, your, you use a mikvah water. You use pure water to wash your hands. You're washing them or you're dipping? Your yeah, wash. You don't have to do you, What? What's the question about drying? What, what, what do, you, do you need to dry them? If it's about touching wet bread, would it be a problem? If it's about tumah? No. And that might be at the nafkamina that's brought down, depending on which way you go. If the drying is about getting rid of tumah, well, if you wash your hands in water that's pure, it's not a problem. If it's about sullying your bread with wetness, then that's a problem. Okay, fine. We'll do talking. Let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about talking for just a few minutes and conclude there because this, this will also it'll satisfy Chaim and it'll also bring out some of the stuff from the beginning. Talking. Can you talk after washing? So we have three scenarios here and with this we will conclude. And this will conclude. Can you, the three scenarios are, can you talk after washing before the bracha? Can you talk after the bracha before you dry your hands? And what about after you dry your hands? Before you say hamotzi? What do we say? When can you, when can you talk or not talk? For sure number three, you can't talk. Okay. So let's see. Let's go in order. Can you talk after washing before the bracha? So there's a concept that you should not be mafsik. From the bracha to the maisa, to the mitzvah. So you, from the time that you make, so usually, as we said from the beginning of this year, usually the way it works is you go bracha and then mitzvah. So from the moment you make the bracha to the moment you perform the mitzvah, you can't speak. That's a hefzik. You can't speak. What about if you now reverse it, like netila sidayim, where first you do the mitzvah, you do the netila, then you do the bracha. So the ritva in source number 15 says it works the other way around. You can't sever the mitzvah, and then the following bracha. Can't do it that way either. That's what he says. So take a look. 16. The no de Yehuda. 16. If before you make the bracha, what do you do if you speak? You, 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 you washed your hands, you didn't make the bracha yet, but you spoke? You gotta wash again. Doesn't work. You can't make a bracha if you've already interrupted the washing before you make. You can't. Doesn't your washing was meaningless? You got to go straight from washing to the bracha. In the Piskei Chuvos, in source number seventeen, he says, 
You know what you should actually do? This is wild. I, I couldn't believe this source. Okay. 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 So that's also a discussion. What does sach mean? Well, we'll get to that. Good. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, so that we'll see. That we'll see. Exactly how you define sach is an interesting question. You could ask Rabbi Freundlich. What? Yeah, so that's also maybe not. Some, some are mechalic that, that actually if you wait without doing anything, that might not be a problem in, in, this, in this case, but maybe it is. That's an interesting question too. That's also an interesting question. I wonder if the next module will talk about exactly the definition of what, what counts as a hefsik. Is it just speaking? Is it a certain, certain time of waiting? Excellent question. So the Pisgah Chuvo says that, let's say you did it, v'im of our second paragraph in Surah 17, v'hefsik, v'dibor, v'achar shagmar, v'sintil, v'shayadav, you have to do the washing again. But he says, You should actually, what does he say? Yeah, you should make them, uh, you should dirty your hands. Make it a real wash. That's what he says. Make it a real wash. Dirty your hands, sully your hands, wash them, and make the bracha, and, uh, and you should not be mopsick. That's what he says. Not another bracha. You never made the bracha yet. You, you never made the bracha. That's the point. Now. No, 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 no. You washed and you spoke before the bracha. The point is, is since you spoke, you spoke in between, right? After the washing, before you made the bracha. You can't just make a bracha. After you spoke, you already mafsik. Now, now Ravavadi disagrees in source number 18. And we're coming to the close. He disagrees. Why does he disagree? Why does he say that it's not such a big deal to have sick and you could still make the bracha even if you spoke? Because what's left to do? The nigav, the drying. And since the nigav, the drying is part of the mitzvah of nitila, since the drying is still part of it, it's like it's over la siyasun still. It's not a full hefsik. You may have severed the, nitil, the, the washing from the drying, but since there's still a part of drying, even if you spoke, you could still do it. And what about the opposite way? Let's say, let's, let's go to the next stage. You wash, you make the bracha, you speak before drawing. Can you do that or not? You make the bracha, sorry, you wash, you make the bracha, you speak, you haven't dried your hands yet. What do you do? You didn't dry yet. You spoke after the bracha, before the drying. Didn't you say you could push it up so it's not? So it might actually come down. It might actually come down to what's the purpose here? What's the purpose of Nitzila Sidayim? Why do we do it? Why do we push it off and not violate overly asiyasim from the very beginning? Right? What were the two explanations? One is, what were the two from the beginning? And then this is our Chazar and this is it. No, what's the reason why we don't make the brach of Natila before and we wait till after? One is that your hands are dirty. And the other reason is because you haven't finished the process yet. If you haven't finished the process yet, right? And you were, ma- and you were mafsik, but you didn't, yes, right? you didn't, but, but you didn't finish the process yet. Maybe you can't talk. You can't talk. You're still in the process. 
Okay, in the other way. Let's say your hands were already cleaned, right? You already, they were, the only reason, right? If you say that the reason why you, you make the bracha after the washing is because you can't do overly asiyah because your hands are dirty, so you wash them. They're clean. It's on the natila. It's not on the drying. It's really just on the watering part. You make the bracha immediately afterwards. The drying is totally separate, in which case what? Fine. If I spoke, after I, after I made the bracha, after I made the bracha, so I washed my hands, and I made the bracha. The only reason I made the bracha right after I washed my hands is because, according to one view, I couldn't have made it before because my hands were dirty. Now they're not dirty anymore. I speak before I dry. That's fine. It's not encouraged, but you don't have to do anything more. You can still dry your hands because you've actually already accomplished it. So the question, what I'm trying to get at, is that the question about whether Natila Yadayim, the reason we make the bracha after we do the washing, is it because our hands are too sullied so we shouldn't do it? Or is it because the drying is an essential component of Natila Yadayim? The nafkamina, the practical difference here would be, can you speak. speak in between the process of after making the bracha and before you dry your hands? Is drying your hands part of the mitzvah? If it's part of the mitzvah, you can't speak. And if it's not part of the mitzvah, you've already accomplished it, the drawing is because, I don't know, let's say you don't want to ruin your bread, then you can. What about, and then final thing, last thing. What about you've already, you've, you washed your hands. You made the bracha. You dried your hands. Now you're waiting. You're waiting for everyone to come to the table. Can you speak? Before Hamotzi. No, no, no. That's so, so then we're asking different questions. I'm asking this question. You wash, you wash your hands, you make the bracha, you dry your hands, and now everyone is waiting to sit down at the table, at the Shabbos table. There's no salt on the table. Can you talk? Can you say pass the salt? Can you interrupt? Can you be mafsik? Can you interrupt? I don't think it has to do with the show of Salt is not a You could say salt. Why would you be able to... So the note of Yehuda in source... The note of Yehuda, I think, accurately points out in source number 16... And he says, after you've done this already, meaning, what, there's no, there's of course a shaitz, there's obviously a relationship between washing and eating, but they aren't functionally two independent mitzvahs, right, there's still the end of the day, you shouldn't, we shouldn't, you shouldn't go on, carry on and have long conversations when you finish washing your hands, one second, when you finish washing your hands, drying your hands, doing all that stuff, right, you shouldn't just go and talk, but like, can you speak? If you w- did interrupt, if people were talking at the table, do you have to go back and rewash? Do you have to go back and make a bracha? And the answer is no. Because you don't. You could speak. You could say, pass the salt. Some say that beferish. The Mishnah Bura says beferish. You could say, pass me the salt. You don't have to do the mm, 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 mm. You don't have to do the pantomimes. You don't have to do all that stuff because you've definitely, you've completed Natila Sedayim once your hands are dry. You did the wash. You did the bracha. You did the dry. You're waiting to, to say hamotzi. Again, it's not encouraged to do a big sikha. That's not a great idea to do. But you're allowed to speak. The rules of hefseik, the, the point is, the rules of hefseik of interruption don't apply nearly in the same strict manner once you finish the drying process. And with that, we can conclude, and that's it. We have a proof from a proof. We have a proof from a proof.